Welcome to podcast episode 263. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHAA. Joining me today is the Director of Workplace Relations Services, Tim Nagel. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Joe. Tim, no clue today. We're just going to jump straight into it. We're discussing something um, that's quite complex and quite tricky. Uh, it's the effect of an interim decision of the or the decision of the Fair Work Commission to award an interim increase um, regarding certain workers within aged care. Uh, so this uh, podcast will be complementary to a bulletin uh, that contains some information, but because the subject is so complex, uh, we thought some additional material would be um, would be worthwhile. But uh, let's begin with that interim increase, if we could, uh, Tim, arising uh, from the aged care work value case. Yeah, so on the 4th of November 2022, uh, a full bench of the Fair Work Commission determined that the existing minimum wage rates of certain classifications and awards that covered aged care work did not properly compensate direct care workers for the value of the work performed in residential and in-home aged care settings. So this is the decision that concluded uh, that an interim increase of 15% was, was appropriate. And the obvious question here, though, is what is a direct care worker? Yeah, so direct care workers include uh, the following. Uh, personal care workers under the Aged Care Award, assistants in nursing who work in aged care under the Nurses Award, Home care workers who work in aged care under the SHADS award and registered nurses, enrolled nurses and nurse practitioners who also work in aged care under the nurses award. Uh, and in terms of that decision of November 2022, um, what it doesn't address is uh, how that increase, uh, whether it would be staged or all, all at once, uh, would be implemented or when the increase was to occur. Yeah, that's right. So that was left to stage two. On the 21st of February 2023, a reconstituted full bench of the Fair Work Commission varied the Aged Care Award, Nurses Award and SHADS Award to provide a 15% increase to take effect from the 30th of June 2023 for uh, those workers on screen. So direct care workers under the awards, head chefs, cooks under the Aged Care Award and finally recreational activities officers, lifestyle officers under the Aged Care Award. So it must be noted that this decision was made after further submissions, including how the increase should be implemented. And ultimately, the Commission has come down in favour of applying the, inter uh, the interim increase all at once. And what's also notable is the scope has varied. So we've talked about that uh, decision. The thing that we should get to is which awards have been varied as a result of this decision. The three awards have been varied, and these are as follows. The Aged Care Award 2010, the Nurses Award 2020, and the Social Community Healthcare and Disability Services Industry Award 2010 as well. Which we often refer to uh, by shorthand as the SHADS uh, Award. And what's true. interesting um, is it means that uh, a, a classification can have two different rates, uh, one for aged care and one for other settings. That's exactly correct. So it's important to make the point that uh, whilst uh, that, that it's these awards that as a result of uh, these three awards, what, the, what we need to do is determine uh, their application to get a sense of the impact of the decision on VHAA members. That's right, but there's also another piece of the puzzle. So you're, you're referring then to the more recent decision still of the annual wage case. 
Yeah, that's right. So the annual wage case decision is in addition to the interim increase for aged care. So that's a decision that was handed down by the Fair Work Commission on the 2nd of June. Okay, yeah, that's right. So on the 2nd of June uh, 2023, the annual wage review increased modern award rates by an additional 5.75%. So in practical terms, it means that the three awards uh, we referred to earlier, the Nurses Award, the Aged Care Award and the SHADS Award, will be further varied uh, to take into account the annual wage review. Exactly right. Most, uh, most employees of VHA members are covered by enterprise agreements. Uh, there is one notable exception uh, that in standalone community health um, that uh, we're going to come to in a moment. Um, but the question comes up, how can award variations affect employees who are covered by an enterprise agreement? So employees are covered by enterprise agreements, but they're also covered by the modern awards. So what does that mean for rates of pay? So the issue for rates of pay is that the modern awards provide the minimum. In the event that a modern award is varied and in effect leapfrogs the enterprise agreement rate, the modern award rate constitutes the minimum rate of pay for those agreements. So let's talk about some agreements, some specific agreements, uh, not every agreement, but some specific ones, and the underpinning modern awards and the rate comparison for, for those specific agreements, starting with the nurses and midwives agreement. So the Nurses and Midwives Agreement 2020-2024 uh, applies to nurses and midwives employed in Victorian public health services and standalone community health centres. So uh, that's the agreement and its coverage, and it's underpinned by which modern award? So it's underpinned by the Nurses Award 2020. Which is one of the awards that's the subject of the aged care interim uh, increase. So the first question is whether the rates under the Nurses Award will, as a result of the interim increase uh, from the aged care wage value decision and the annual wage case, whether any of those rates will be greater than those that are under the Nurses and Midwives Agreement. Yeah, so we've known the aged care outcome for some time, but it's really that second component about the annual wage case that's, uh, that we've been waiting for. And so what we've found is that there are two classifications where the award rate will be higher. So namely the EN trainee rates and also the first three years of the enrolled nurse structure for level so ones. We're bringing up a, a rate comparison up there on the screen, which sets out those differences. And again, just emphasizing um, that these uh, award rates are for those classifications in aged care uh, rather than in any setting. Um, but there are some differences there, but those differences are not huge, Jim. No, and they're very confined. So um, they're very close, but uh, and uh, to not many classifications. Uh, and why is that? Predominantly, our agreements are well above the award rates. And just in terms of those classifications that we have picked out as being um, as being impacted, and and where we've said we don't think there'll be a broad effect. Uh, and talking particularly about EN trainees, um, how many EN trainees at this point do we think we have? So in terms of the EN trainees, uh, that's generally not how ENs are trained anymore. So there's probably very few within the sector. And the, the second classification are the first three increments of EN level one. Uh, how broad an impact do we think that that would have? So we anticipate that that will have next to no effect. So EN level covers employees who have a certificate for, and your ENs won't have that qualification 
Um, so those will no longer. Uh, so the effect will be longer term employees, but they'll be above that year three level. Okay, so because of the level of qualification necessary to be at level one, uh, it means that it'll be longer term employees who will have more experience. They will be at a higher uh, increment level than years one, two, and three. That's correct. So the impact we say for uh, for those classifications is extremely limited. Very limited, but of course members should check to see whether they employ anyone in those classifications, and if so, ensure that the high right rates are being applied. And what about PENs under the mental health agreement? So it does cover aged care work, so it's uh, it's very much the same. Uh, that is the issue will be specific to trainee rates and the first three increments of level one but only with respect to PENs engaged in aged care. And the relevant aged care uh, rates will be contained uh, in a bulletin. The correct, it's, it's virtually the same as the nurses rates we saw earlier. We'll move on to another agreement, the Health and Allied Services Managers and Administrative Workers, uh, the Victorian Public Sector Enterprise Agreement. Uh, so this is the one that applies to public hospitals. So address the community health agreement separately. All right, so that's the first thing, but the, the first critical question uh, is, what is the underpinning modern award here? So it's the Health Professionals and Support Services Award is the underpinning instrument. So the Health Professionals and Support Services Award is not one of the awards that has been subject to the interim increase for aged care workers. So that's right. It will, of course, be varied to reflect the annual wage case decision. So that's the 5.7%, but not the so, interim aged care award. And uh, can any other modern award be relevant to employees under this agreement? There is one circumstance, and the circumstance can best be described as arising where there's a gap. So let's let's talk about what a gap means. So what kind of gap are we talking about? So another modern award may have work to do with respect to a classification under the Health and Allied Agreement that isn't covered by the underpinning modern award. That is a classification not covered by the Health Professionals and Support Services Award. All right, so that's, that's pretty complex, but let's summarise uh, that concept. The question is, is there a classification under the agreement that is not covered by the underpinning award. If so, that classification uh, may be covered uh, by another uh, award. That's right. All right. Are there any such classifications to the best of our knowledge? So the health, the health worker classification has expanded in the last round of bargaining. Previously excluded work that could be covered by the SHADS award, but that exclusion has been removed. So Tim, what does that mean in practical terms? So it means that the healthcare worker classification can be utilised to provide aged care services in a home setting. And just to clarify, when we talk about a home setting here, we're talking about something other than a residential aged care setting? Correct. So there's a classification that is a subject of the aged care interim wage increase. Yeah, in effect, because of that exclusion. So the, the SHADS award was varied with respect to home care workers for aged care, but not disability. So the next question uh, is, is the rate uh, of the amended SHADS award higher than that uh, of the Health and Allied Agreement? 
So no, it's not. So the agreement is still higher and continues to apply. So there's no impact. All right. So that covers our public health members. Tim, let's move on to community health for a moment and starting with the health and allied agreement. Yes, so for the purpose of clarity, we're talking about the recently approved Health and Allied Agreement, which has been lodged with the Fair Work Commission and is awaiting approval. So the question is, is there any impact for employees under that agreement? So no, there's not. And we said at the outset that most employees within community health are covered by agreements, but there is a notable exception to that. That's right. So some community health members engage employees under the SHADS award. And that's in the context of aged care services in a home care setting? Uh, that's right. What does that mean for rates? So because the SHADS award is the minimum, it means that these decisions directly impact the rates of pay. So as you can see on, on the screen, um, there is a equivalent to 20.75% uh, increase for these classifications knowing that they're just confined to the aged care classifications within the home care employees section. And for the sake of completeness, we understand that home care employee level four and five are not applicable. And again, we need to emphasize that that is confined to aged care, not to disability, um, but that's right, because those classifications are covered by the agreement in terms of the manage management and administrative workers section. So uh, these rates are our own calculations. The Commission is yet to confirm the new rates. That's correct. So we've we've calculated them, but we'll be we won't be issuing them until they're published. And so we're reassured that it's the correct rate. Tim, there are a couple of sort of uh, sundry matters for us to address. Um, and but let's just touch on uh, private sector aged care employers. There will be an impact for those employers, but the impact will vary. What should those associate members do? Yeah, so because of the variability, it's very difficult to publish anything. So they'll need to contact us directly to work through the impact for them. And uh, I am mindful of uh, some information from the Commonwealth around the impact of the decision for those under enterprise agreements. Yeah, which is not about compliance with the minimum rates, uh, which is what we're focusing on here but probably the requirements of funding agreements. Uh, we're reviewing that and consulting with stakeholders, and we'll say more of that about that if we need to. But our primary objective and the reason for the bulletins and this podcast is to ensure that the minimum compliance requirements are known and met by members. All right, we do acknowledge that this is a particularly complex area uh, and such, but we hope that this discussion uh, just helps explain that a little bit more completely. Tim, thanks so much for taking us through it. My pleasure.